to episode 17 of Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. I'm Bethany. And I'm Ashley. Yay! Yay! <laughs> How are you today? Ooh, I am living the dream. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on leave for this week. I don't have to teach or anything. That's very exciting. It's very exciting. How are you, ma'am? Great. <laughs> So, first things first, this week's Fan Art Friday is from at R-E-E-B-A-R-D-I-N dot art on Instagram, and it is of Cinder. It is of Cinder. Again, of Cinder. But this one, she's at her stall in the marketplace. She's got gloves on. She's kind of daydreaming again. My favorite part of this picture is that the foot is on the table, because a lot of the ones that we've seen that hasn't been included... And I just really like the fact that we get to see in our artistic representation of her cyborg foot. I like the foot. I also like that she's dirty and that she has nuts and bolts all over her table. And she's and holding a wrench and she's got her gloves on and there's yep. there's smudges on her arms, her face, her shirt, her hair's, you know, that messy ponytail again. There's one small smudge on her forehead. Yeah, but there's one on her cheek over there's, here. There's one on her nose. Yeah, she's got smudges everywhere. She's got smudges everywhere, but I yeah. had to point out the one on the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> See, and that's that's a really beautiful representation because it includes so much of that little, those little tiny details. So a big thank you to at R-E-E-B-A-R-D-I-N dot art on Instagram for sharing that with us. And you can find that on our Instagram, our Facebook, and our website. Speaking of art, don't forget about our logo contest submissions that are due by October 15th. We would love to see all of the art. We and really would. It's very exciting. And that's all the housekeeping that we have for today, so let's hop right into chapter 20. This is going to be a relatively short chapter because there's not a lot going on, but I think there is a lot to talk about, even though it's not a there's, long chapter. It's only six pages, but there is a lot to talk about. So where did we leave off? We left off with Cinder being told that she's in extreme danger. Because you're a lunar cinder. You're a lunar cinder, and your your queen is coming to town. Yep, and she is going to smell you a mile away. Ew. <laughs> she's a so, predator, I know, right? she's a predator, but you said it, and it just grossed me out for a second. <laughs> so we're back to Kai's perspective, and we he's are. waiting for the lunar spacecraft, and... It's magical. It's magical. The it's... thing I wrote was, what are these ruins on the spacecraft? How old is Lunar? But then, like, right after that, he says that he thinks they're either magic or they're just there for, like, decoration. Magic. 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 So, I, uh, the ruins struck me as something curious because you don't see a lot of runic art or runic representation in the world. I see it every single day because I have, it, have runes tattooed on me, but they mean something completely different. It's it's weird for other people, though, to go in there and look at the runes and see them. So but it's also not them. used as artwork in this sense because it's on a transportation it is. machine. But, yeah, I could see that. I mean, my worldview is kind of weird. Um, everything that I see I try to depict as art. Everything that we, we see is art. We talk about in earlier episodes about the palace being very, it's modern, but it's on that traditional artistic um, Asian culture. Oh, okay. So I think that this is part of their I was thinking of it as, like, architectural culture. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily associating it with art, but architect is art, so. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's got its name in it somewhere. <laughs> you can use the words, I the like letters. That. I have to talk about it because it seems so pretty. 
Like, this is another way that I, I, I look at Bethany, and this is how I picture her brain. Shimmery, sparkly, like with diamonds. Now, they would have a little bit of rainbows and cotton glitter candy looking, and glitter, and, yeah. unicorns. But that's how I, I, I liked it. Uh, how they she described it with all the diamonds, the glittery material. Because I like shiny things. I'm like a bird. I was a figure skater for many years, so I had all of the sparkly dresses. I bet you did. I'm slightly <laughs> jealous. But you shouldn't be because there's lots of falling. <laughs> you would not be good. Well, you probably would be really good at ice skating. <laughs> I was a waitress for 10 years and never dropped anything. Yeah, you But probably I really can't walk it. around my backyard without... Braining my ankle, hey, so. Ice is way different <laughs> when you have your blood. You got little grippies. Yeah. I've never, I've only been ice skating once, and I was not graceful, so. <laughs> you just needed the right teacher. We'll go when, we'll go when the ice rink opens up, okay? Okay. So, let's so, get back on track. Back on track, sorry. Glittery material. Didn't know if it was just painted. Um, <laughs> I like how he, he says it hurt to look at. It hurt to look at because it's, it's in the sunlight. It's, it's like glaring. glaring. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just like blinding light. Do he, does he not have sunglasses in this time and age? Even if he did, it's He's not. not going to use it. Not in this situation. It's no. not. Appropriate. It's not appropriate. It's not appropriate at all in this situation. But. But uh, I was kind of grossed out because I could feel the heat and the fumes and the smell and everything. Uh, of standing outside in the August heat and there's this heat vehicle that's approaching with like <laughs> gas and fumes and, and sparkles yes I could, I could feel his discomfort there marissa meyer goes in depth about how this ship looks not only did we talk about the sparkling for like five minutes but on top of that it's smaller than most passenger ships and smaller than any cargo ship kai has seen it's small it's a private ship but even for that even for a passenger ship it's she she really talks about how small it was. And it was only meant for the Lunar Queen and her entourage. It was still bigger than the personal shuttle that Sybil arrived in. Yes. But I associated this with the prestigiousness of her and her mm-hmm. title and how she carries herself. You know, kind of like someone who would drive like a Porsche or Lamborghini or something Mm, where it's a smaller vehicle, but it has such a high status associated with it. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. I just thought it was very peculiar that our lovely author went into so much detail. That's two paragraphs. Just talk, talking about the size of the ship and the colors of it and his, his emotion in reacting to it. Yeah. And what an emotional chapter. Yeah. I have to say, that's the beginning. What an emotional chapter. Well, the last chapter was emotional because we were just overwhelmed with anxiety and yeah. fear. And I think this chapter is overwhelming with emotion just out of sheer frustration with the situation. Kai mm-hmm. is angry about the queen in general being there at all and her behaviors with him and their interactions with each other. So they're both really emotional chapters, but for completely different reasons. Com- yes. And that's, that's what I like about it. I... Underline the the word August, specifically because August is one of those hot months up in the northern hemisphere. And I could, I I used to go to school around mid-August, and on the bus in the afternoon was the absolute worst. I don't know about you. I can still remember the smell of burning fake leather in the bus uh, seat. You know, what yes. I, you know the smell I'm talking yes, about. It was just so hot, so... 
she kind of drills the nail in all the way for how hot it is right now. Like, and even just the that. use of that small word, even just the use of August throughout these, because it's been August in the book so far. And it's, yeah. the word August has been present quite a few times. And even just saying August, I think, really helps to describe how hot the, it is. And because she could have said, it says... But now it was under the full assault by the late August sun. She could have said any other sentence. It could have been by the late sun, by the hot sun, by the warm sun, by the early morning sun. But she specified the word August. And I think you're right. It's to give us an indication of why and how hot that sun is. Full assault. That that right there reminds me of the middle of the day. Yeah. In the middle of the day. Yeah. Standing out there in the heat. And it's horrible. And it's horrible. And they're waiting. And, and they're, they're waiting, waiting next to a hot spaceship with fumes and gas coming out. And it's hot. And he even mentions that if it had happened at night, they would be, or in the evening, they would have the shade from the giant palace. But instead, yes. they're in the blistering heat. What a, what a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what a bitch. Uh, but, and this is my favorite thing. What? Torin is always present at his side in an unmovable force. <laughs> I just love Torin. I know. Like, Kai is so freaked out about everything and so stressed out. And Tor, what does it say? Torin at Kai's side did not fidget. His face was impassent and expectant. His calm was only unsettled Kai even more. Yup. Yup. Spock. 100% Spock. Why? Because when I think about Spock, I see him as that he's a calm fellow who deals with logic. And that's just what Torin reminds me of. So oh, Torn doesn't like, remind me of that at all. He's I, he's calculated. He's logical in the way he deals with things. That's just how I see him. What does uh, he see, remind you of? Just him. He's just his him? own. He's his own character to me because okay. Spock is Spock is calm and logical, but he's also unaware of different emotions that are around him when people aren't Ooh, logical because yeah. that's how he thinks he thinks mm-hmm. in terms of logic and so he doesn't always he's not always perceptive of when other people think differently around him whereas okay. Torin is very observant very aware very perceptive of not just how not even just how Kai is acting but how everyone in this scene is acting and Torin doesn't react not necessarily because of logic but because he knows in this situation decorum does not allow him to react he has mm-hmm. to remain professional and stoic at all times i can see where you're coming from yeah i still have my mindset of spock we all get that's the beauty of books is that we all get to have our own experiences okay. yeah yeah they talk about not only him being unmoved and calm but also Sibamira, who's also got runes on her on uniform her, yeah her official white coat i like how they describe it Materials seemed lightweight, yet covered her from the top of her throat to the knuckles on each hand, and they then flared tails hung past her knees. She must have been sweltering, but she looked fully composed. She looked fully composed. She's lunar. She's lunar, so maybe she's using her gift to hide sweat and stuff, but I think mostly she just... It's the same as Torin. She knows that in this... She... Her specific job is just decorum professionalism yeah and she has to maintain that at all times the same way that Torin does obviously yeah. she's not a wonderful and kind and, and awesome person in like the way Torin. that Torin, <laughs> but it's similar she knows she how for example like you're in the military mm-hmm. are you allowed to laugh and goof off at certain times no nope. you have to make you have to keep your face expressionless you have to stand without movement you have to 
You have um, to not react to certain situations. It's the same thing. Every time that the national anthem goes off. Yeah. We have to, so eat, whether I'm in uniform or out, stand, and particularly in, in uniform, you salute the flag when the colors are playing. And if you're out of uniform, you either stand at attention or you stand with your hand on your heart. Yep. There's very, it's very strict. And yeah, if you're 100%. even if, if you're on a if you're on a military base and that anthem starts playing, you better pull your car over. Hell yeah, you better. So I mean, it's just to me, it's the same thing. This is this is how they are professional, and this is them showing that decorum and that professional training, which presumably Kai has had the same type of training his whole life. They're so much older than him. They're so much older than him. We're not really given an indication how old Sybil is, but perhaps she's just better because. You know, people go into the military at 18, and they're going to be... Hello. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a teacher. Yeah. I assume some of the students that you have are better decorum than others. Yes. Despite the fact that they're all going to be similar ages. Mm-hmm. So, to some people, it comes more natural to others. Kai is not very good at controlling his emotions. No. But Torin has perfected it. He has. He is. I like Torin. And see, that's part that's of why he reminds me of my husband, because my husband can behave in that way when mm-hmm. he needs to. Yeah. You have so, that, you have that line that you either that you have to tread on. Yeah, absolutely. So we talk about there's only four people here. There's only four people out there on the on the pad because there's plus two guards from Kai. Is there two? Oh, Kai has I two guards. Yeah. So there's Six. Kai. There's Kai, Torin, and then Kai's two guards. Which I yes. wrote. I wrote. Are these royal guards completely useless if lunars can control their mind? And then there's also Sybil and her guard. Yeah, math is hard. Math is hard. Math is hard. <laughs> All right, that's, so that's not what I'm good at. Six, yeah, so that's six people. Only six people out here on this little pad, which I found curious that there would only be six people, but at the same time it makes sense with how we've been presented Queen Lavana and how kind of manipulative she is. Right, because this is going to go one of two ways. She's either mm-hmm. she's either the type of queen where she wants this huge grand entrance, she wants the entire world at her feet, she wants it. She wants it televised, she mm-hmm. wants everyone bowing as soon as she walks off or she wants to enter quietly. I think she she's, wants a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, cuz she's she's announced it, but it's not being televised. It isn't. So it's the only people who are experiencing this are the six people waiting on that platform. Yep. Only six people. And making them suffer. Making them suffer. Making them suffer in this hot heat. But finally, after what feels like an hour, she starts to get out of her her little pod. She does. She finally gets out. So she finally, after making us wait for so long, gets out with two guards. And Sybil Mira walks up to help her off of her pad. Yeah. Which I found neat. Because from what we know... Sybil Mira is pretty high up on the ladder of their social... Well, she's the head thaumaturge. She's the head thaumaturge, and she helps her off. Not, and we, not a guard or anything like that. Right. And we kind of meet the second tier thaumaturge. He's described. He's described. He's described. The other man was dark as night sky with no hair at all and wore a coat like Sybil's with bell sleeves and embroidery. So here's my thing. The very first time I read this, did you see The Mummy Returns? A long, long time ago. There is a man. He plays a bad guy, but either way, there is a man in that movie that is is tall and and black and has like a a very soft British accent, and mm-hmm. he is bald and muscular, and he just has this like 
presence emanating from him Ooh. of just powerful, authoritative. When he enters a room, you notice him. Yeah. You know, if he told you to stop doing something, you'd be like, okay. You know, the yeah. type of person that doesn't need to yell to get attention. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I so know. that's the kind of presence I got with this description of this this tall, black, muscular man. You know? Yeah. Oh, I like the way you describe that. Now yeah. I'm going to think about him like that every single time. Thanks. And we find out that he was second tier thaumaturged by the color of his... His coat, by the color of his coat, which, and that's nice that Kai at least, like he says, he can at least recognize that, Mm -hmm. but also Kai should be able to recognize more. He should be able to recognize more. Simply because he He is a world leader, he should be able to recognize the rank Mm -hmm. of any uniform on any person person in the world. Even if it's with a different country on earth, he should be able to... As a leader of the world, he should be able to look at who he's talking to and know what rank they are. are. Just by knowing them. I mean, that's that's how it is for our chain of command in the military. Right. You know who they are because it's posted everywhere. They don't have their name tags on any of that stuff. Their their official pictures don't have their name tag anywhere that you can see it. You just know who it is because you've memorized it and you know them by their face. Well, I don't mean that he needs to know who this person is by their face. I'm saying he needs to recognize oh, what their... rank he is by his clothing. His clothing, yeah. Which... So that no matter who he's encountering, he knows what rank they are. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't get a name to the face or anything like that. And it doesn't seem like Kai's ever even encountered this person before. It's but specifically just... because of the crimson color of his coat. Mm-hmm. That he is important. I forgot to mention about Sybil not walking forward. She doesn't just walk forward, she slinks forward. Yeah, I think that's an interesting... Because you think she would walk with decorum, but she slinks. You know, because you guys have to march a certain way. You would think she would have a similar... Unless that is their similar. It might be, we don't know. could be their thing. And finally we see her, ye old Queen Levana. She's wearing her long veil, blindingly blight beneath the relentless sun, which is saying something because their ship is blindingly bright, but in a different way. Yes. This is like a white, bright veil. It's strange. And her dress is white, too. Her dress is white. It whispered around her hip. And she accepted Sybil's hand to walk down. I wrote, I wrote, what did I write? Sybil is so gross. She must wash her face a lot to keep her nose from being brown. Oh my god. Because listen to this. (laughs) Listen to this. Our separation was insufferable. I am pleased to be in your service once more, my queen. And she's she's the one who lifts her veil, like you said, presenting to a bride. bride. That's what you wrote in your notes. And that's pretty much what I was thinking, too. She's kissing her hand. She dipped to one knee and touched her forehead forehead to her queen's knuckle. So that's why I wrote that, because... Yeah, you're kind of a kiss-ass girl. Yeah, we get it. (laughs) We get it. it. So I want to talk about the description of the queen. I kind of just want to read the whole thing. This part? Yeah, or you can read it. I can read it, yeah. It's really important that we get this imagery of her in our heads, I think. She was indeed beautiful. As if someone had taken the scientific measurements of perfection and used them to mold a single ideal specimen. Her face was slightly heart-shaped with high cheekbones barely flushed. Auburn ha- hair fell in silken ringlets to her waist, and her unblemished ivory skin shimmered like the mother of pearl in the sunshine. Her lips were red, 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 looking like she had just drunk a pint of blood. I underlined red, 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 because you don't see that a lot in writing, 
somebody saying the same word three times. To specify it, yeah. To but specify. three is a very significant number in, in lots of cultures, lots of writings and literature. As Schoolhouse Rock said it the best, three is a magical number. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, okay, have you ever encountered someone that's that beautiful that is just, oh my god, and not necessarily encountered physics, just perhaps someone you saw in a movie or TV show or something? Mm, yes, but I can't put the name on the face. So I have. There's a television show called Grey's Anatomy. You may have oh heard of god. it. <laughs> There is a character on there called Maggie Pierce, mm -hmm. and I paused and yelled at Quentin to come into the room because this girl looks like the real-life representation of a Disney princess. She oh. is, like, bonkers pretty, and it's in such a way that she almost looks – her eyes are really big, and her mm -hmm. face is really – really blemish-free, and it's that perfect yeah. brown caramel color, and she's got these beautiful ringlet curls, and I remember the first time she came on the screen, I paused it, I was like, Quentin, you have got to get in here and see this cartoon, <laughs> because she, yeah. she's just so bonkers pretty that it just, it was genuinely distracting. The first, like, four or five episodes okay. she was in, it was genuinely distracting. That's funny. Yeah. I love But it. that's the only encounter, well, maybe the first... Maybe Jennifer Aniston in the first few seasons of Friends, because she, she's gorgeous, I too. I think she's just gotten more beautiful as she's aged. Yeah. If you go back and you watch, like, the first season of Friends, it's distracting. Yeah. The first few episodes, it's, like, distracting how attractive she... Mostly because everybody else just looks like some normal people, mm -hmm. and then there's Jennifer Aniston, and she, she just always... looks gorgeous. And even when she's just wearing, like... Oh, I am wearing my friend's t-shirt. Um, even when she's just wearing, like, overalls and a sweater, like, you just yeah. can't hide that. And I, it's interesting to me this level of perfection that she's obviously using her glamour oh, to, to present to the world, but it's not something you see in, the, in real life very often. No. So, of course, it's going to catch your eye and your attention. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. She's just uncharacteristically beautiful. Un unearth what is unearthly. this unnatural beautiful she was unnatural yeah unnatural. she was unnatural. unnatural and I I I made a note of this a chill shook Kai from the inside out so he's got chills just like Cinder does she's got chills that multiply again <laughs> not that kind of chill <laughs> not that kind of chill <laughs> I had to the way you said it I love I love um, it. and I, then Torin is completely unfazed. He is, and I love that about Torin. Decorum. This Decorum. Is, his job is to stand there without being phased by anything. He's like, I've seen prettier. <laughs> it's like those guards in the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not allowed to make no. any kind of reaction whatsoever. Well, here, yeah. Here we have it, too, with the guards that guard the president. Yes. Like Did that. you ever see Princess Diaries 2? So I'm a big fan of the books, not a big fan of the movies, but I, I like the it. second movie. Not, but it's not any representation to the books, which I own. They're amazing. But there's a character that they literally just refer to as Shades, and he's a security guard. Yeah, and he's just un, he's just Unmoved. passive twenty four seven. Yeah, and that's like that's that's Torin. He's just passive twenty four seven. He yeah. is at work. He's at, this yeah. is his work face. This is his work face. <laughs> So Kai I'm, has to bend down and kiss her. Yes, gross. He puts, oh, he first salutes her by putting his hand in a fist to his heart. Yes. And he then he bows. Her, and he bows. And he, he welcomes her with his greatest honor to his country and planet. And 
the way she responds to him unsettles him. And she's just straight up creepy to him. She is. And she doesn't bow or anything. No, she doesn't acknowledge, really. Nope, she's just like, kiss my hand, bitch. Pretty much. And... She's just and like a let me tell you something. If you are not listening to the audiobooks, you are missing out. Oh yes. Because their representation of her, the false kindness in her voice, is sheer perfection. It really is. Though when you do it too, I like it. I'm I'm not as in my head. It doesn't sound very good though. So this is what she says. Your Highness, she said in a lilting voice that thrummed along Kai's spine. It is my greatest honor to be thus welcomed. Might I again offer my sincerest condolences on the loss of your father, the great Emperor Raiken. Yuck. And even Kai says that he knows she wasn't sorry, but you can't tell in her tone. Her tone didn't hint at anything. Her tone didn't hint at anything. What a fake little butt hat. And then Sybil throws some serious shade. Like, oh yeah, well, the Commonwealth, I mean... Their oh. quarters are subpar compared to ours, but it'll 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 work. work. I guess it'll work. It'll work. And so Levana doesn't acknowledge that, but no. her gaze softer than the world changed. Yeah, we need to read that. This is her <laughs> gift. This is her gift. Kai felt the ground lurched beneath him, that the air had been sucked from the Earth's atmosphere, that the sun had gone black leaving the ethereal queen the only source of light in the galaxy. Tears picked at the back of his eyes. He loved her. He needed her. He would do anything to please her. That's the gift. This is me retching. This is this is the lunar this is the power of the lunar gift. And that is insane. Not just to present yourself as beautiful, which she obviously did. That yes. that whole description of her appearance is probably just her glamour. She can force him to see her as the only beacon in the world to love her and want to do anything for her in what looks like two seconds. She turned on her charm real quick. Yeah, she did. And I wrote, I saw a Harry Potter connection here. Oh, tell me, tell me. Because he knew he was being controlled and he like jabs his fingernails into his hand to, to resist it. And that reminded me of... When Harry is, yeah, when Harry's fighting off the Imperius curse, yeah. and it just kind of subconsciously starts to to form, mm-hmm. and this is that's to me that's this. He's realizing he's being manipulated, and he's doing what he can to, to stop it. yeah, to, yeah, to not be desperate adoration of her. So he offers to take her to her rooms, but Sybil says, "Nope, I gotta talk to my girl." Pretty much, Sybil. Oh, Sybil. I like how she is. She's bossy. And then we have this moment with Love Torn so much. His eyes were drawn to the ship, but he could have been staring at Mars for all the focus in his eyes. Torin, always there. Always the just, he's, he is just this unmovable force. He is an unmovable force of paying attention, but at the same time not alluding to what he's thinking. No, he's He's just very very observant, very perceptive. He's aware, he makes himself aware of anything and everything that's going on without drawing attention to the Mm -hmm. fact that he's aware of anything and everything that's going on. He doesn't react to anything. Nothing. Just absolute perfection. Because he was probably just getting those same vibes from Queen Levana, and he had no reaction whatsoever. Kai 
we don't get to see his facial expression, but we can assume it's the drool coming yeah. down and, you know, vacant eyes. And <laughs> just like this vacant expression yeah. kind of thing. I think, so we talk about her manipulating his love for her. Which yes, underlined it. that false adoration. False love. Maybe Torin can't be moved. Maybe he has a greater love. Maybe the country is his greater love. We talked about him being married to his work before. It's possible that that's exactly... So he, he doesn't. Feels. So he doesn't see her as this um, object of desire because he he loves another. Yeah, and that I mean that sounds very romantic and stuff. But that's I, how I feel I, about my husband. I feel like that limits the lunar gift, so it's possible. But I don't want to put too much stock into it. Yeah, I think part of it is that. For all we know, Torin is having the same reaction. He's just better at hiding his emotions. So he's gotten so good at hiding his emotion that even when he's overwhelmed with an emotion he wasn't expecting, even Mm -hmm. when he's caught off guard, he still knows how to present that that stoic facial expression. Yeah. I can see that. I just, I like the... The romantic viewpoint of him being in love with something else. Yeah, I love Torin. Torin is, that's literally what my note says. It says, Torin is the best. He is the best. I agree. And he tries to comfort Kai in his own way. He tells him, you resisted her well, your highness. I know it was difficult. So he knows it was hard for her. And maybe she was just turning up, she was turning it up to 11 just for Kai. Well, and he even asked, he even asked Torin, did you feel her? And And Torin says, of course. That's what he says, though. Kai, this is the whole thing. Sorry, we're reading so much. He released a shaky breath when they had gone. Did you feel her? He asked, barely above a whisper. Of course, said Torin. His eyes were drawn to the ship, but he could have been staring at Mars for all the focus in his eyes. So we know that Torin felt it. He, felt he was just better at resisting it. Yeah. 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 I like my... <laughs> I love my little idea. Torin does really try to, to help him out. I think so. Torin's eyes met his. It was one of the few times Kai had tr- seen true sympathy in that gaze. It will get harder. So she's going to be turning this up to like 50. Yeah, this turn was just the entry level. Turn it up the romance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> fake romance. The fake romance. And creepy. Creepy yeah. old lady. Creepy old lady. So the my quote for this week is... Torin at his side did not fidget. His face was impassive and expectant. We don't need to beat a dead horse with how much Bethany loves Torin, but he just, (laughs) Kai is going through a lot right now with the loss of his father and the letamosis plague looming over his head. He just got burned by Cinder refusing to go to the ball with him. I forgot about that. Which he's probably never been rejected before in his life. So to go from being rejected by the girl he actually wants to being confronted with the girl who's obsessed with marrying him, but he hates and is disgusted by, and his dad just died. He Aww. is going through a lot right now, and Torin is just this rock. He's a rock. Yes, he holds Just this him. He solid... He's, he's an anchor. He is. He's this solid, unmovable force that can always be relied on. Yep. And that's exactly what Kai needs right now. And yep. probably his whole life, that's what Kai's needed. And that's yep. what Torin has been for him. So my quote was, Then she stood and with a single graceful motion lifted the veil back from Lovano's face. Because it reminded me of presenting a bride. It does. It reminds me of that too. And it's such a strange way to describe the relationship between a head thaumaturge and her superior, her queen. Yeah. 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 All I got is yeah. (laughs) So for this chapter, there are three Easter eggs, you guys. That's so many. So next week we're going to 
read chapter 21, and we're starting book three of Cinder. Book three. We're We're, like halfway through the book. Oh, we are about halfway through the book. We're almost halfway through the book. We're almost halfway through the book. Yay. And, of course, remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And send us your submissions for Fan Art Friday and for our logo contest. Like always, if you enjoyed this episode today and you would like to help us out, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a comment on SoundCloud or CastBox, we will read them as a review on the next episode. You can also review us on Facebook or by shoutout on Instagram, and we will read those as well. Basically, Bethany's going to read anything you send her, Mm -hmm. as long as it's even remotely nice. (laughs) (laughs) Because it makes me feel special. So send us all of your questions, comments, and concerns, and we'll talk about those as well. Just remember, spoilers! No spoilers! So see you next week. See you next week. Bye! The passages read for you today are from Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Ashley Leonard. Thank you for listening.